two, I'm excited about this word today. I, I really am uh, because I really want to grow some people up in some spaces uh, in the spirit realm, uh, in your walk with the Lord. And one of the things we could take for granted when you've been in church or teaching for a while or you really do know the word, you know, you really can leave your babies behind if you're not careful. Uh, I'm all for the deep revelations and all those wonderful things, but I always want to teach on a level that everybody can understand. And when I say your babies, I'm not talking about young people either. I'm talking about babes in the Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. God bless you. I'm so proud of that. I just saw somebody lift my hand, their hand in the back and say, amen. That's me. That's what I need. You're going to see that in today's message. Just that humility. That's so rich, Angie. It is. So that's who I'm after today. I'm after people like you. I'm after those of you in here who just, you know, you came into the kingdom. You really want to grow in the kingdom. Then I'm going to blow the minds of some of you who think you've been growing or have grown. You probably ain't as grown as you think. So don't sit during this message and say, see? Yeah, you need that. No, I'm talking to you, okay? Because what we got in Christendom, y'all, and I'm just telling you, humor me. I'm just going to talk today. I'm going to teach, but it's going to be very rich. We really do not have a lot of mature Christians, okay? And I'm good, Chris. Bless you, brother. We do not have a lot of mature Christians. We don't, okay? We got a lot of people that think they're up. But y'all, when it get down to the nitty gritty nitty, they not up, okay? They're not. And that's what makes a church like ours so special. What makes our church different is we really are going to get in the trenches, help you really evaluate. Like, think about the tool, Pastor Rondi, who's preaching tonight, that wonderful SAT that he made. Yo, how many people do you think out there that think they're saved, but they really, by scriptural criteria, are not born again? Do you work with anybody like that? I know some people like that. They really think they're saved, and they think they're saved because somewhere they got deputized to be somebody's deacon or usher, usher, right? And and and, and the pastor endorsed them. And because they were good looking or they look smart or they got some credentials or something, he put them in a position, but what they look like on the outside really is not resembling of who they are on the inside. And I never want KCC to be that church where you are not really located. That's a term that the great Kenneth Hagin used to use, to locate yourself, to really know where you are developmentally. Like some of you, I'm telling you right now, you got saving faith, but, but, but you're not graduated yet to faith to manifest. And we know that's true because some of the things you've been believing for is just hadn't come in yet. But that's not a bad thing. You just need to know how to develop in your faith. Paul said to the church, I believe at Thessalonica, he said, our faith does grow exceedingly. All right. So now that first service, it was what it was. It was inspirational. It was right. Y'all know we're in a different kingdom, right? But then you got to double back, and I got to pick some of us up and bring you up in that space so you understand how to really function in this kingdom. Can we talk about that? So today I want to teach from the thought 
growing up in God. We're going to talk about growing up in God. And we're just going to deal with growth this whole series. We just got off this whole talk on change. Y'all remember that? Okay. And so now we're going to kind of segue into the idea of growth, like growth. How do I know I'm growing? What are those developmental stages of growth? If the Lord say the same, as long as he lets me teach you this, I'm going to show you different stages of development that are in scripture. Today, we are going to focus on babyhood, not in a demeaning way, but in a very real way. All right. Babyhood is one of the stages. Adolescence is one of the stages. Manhood is a stage. All right. And we're going to dance around some of those developmental passages today so that you can begin to locate yourself and really know what the area is that you need to start expanding in so that you can say, I'm maturing. Like, here's a really good trivia question. Can someone be a babe in the Lord and yet have the Holy Ghost? Yeah. We know that's true because people can get born again at the altar and we can lay hands on them right then and they get what? Filled with the Holy Ghost. But are they matured in the faith? No. They're filled with the Holy Ghost, but by developmental stages, they are still a babe in the Lord. This is going to get so good today. So we're going to deal with discipleship and growth and progress in God. And I will tell you the motive and reason behind this, because the more you grow, the more of use you're going to be. The more you grow, the more kingdom impact you're going to have. The more you will be able to carry the torch for some pastor or missionary or wherever the Lord should take you in your journey. Prayerfully, you'll become of use here at KCC. But the reality is, is it takes time for an individual to develop and to really become who God called them to be. And y'all, I'm telling you this, and I'm not going to say anything of a dishonorable nature, but you got high level leaders that still babes in the Lord. Yeah, they are a deacon, an elder. They could be a first lady in a church. Thank God we don't have that scenario here, but they can be and be a babe. They hadn't grown, right? And so I really want to walk you through that. <laughs> Pastor, don't stop there. We got pastors today that are babes. And you want to know why? Because they got deputized in their preaching gift, but never matured in their Christian walk which is one of the reasons why we have so many fallen pastors all the time, because they hadn't developed, and you can't be a pastor in two years. It take a minute. Like, I'm just telling you, it take a minute. Even when you think you're ready, you're not ready. When you think you're ready to be an elder, you're not ready, all right? It's going to be a minute. You really, and, and, and God honors that. Can I give you scripture to back it up? Adolescence. I told you there were stages. Jesus was how old when he was in the temple? Twelve. When did God stop using Jesus, y'all? Come on, Bible students. When did God start using Jesus? 30. 30. And that was Jesus. So that must mean that development takes time. Because if it wasn't the case, y'all, Jesus would have been doing some stuff at 15. Right? That don't mean 15-year-olds can't be used. They can get saved at six. In the, right? However, however, and, however, and, Jesus demonstrates to us that it takes 
time to develop. Joseph became a prime minister of Egypt when he was 30. David became king when he was 30. There were some developmental seasons that people had to go through. And y'all, today, I hope you'll stay with me, but I'm not really teaching for the amen. I really am teaching both prophetically and by spiritual revelation, but I'm also wanting to teach academic because I want y'all to get it. Like, I really want you to hear yourself in this message and begin to develop in what God has called you to be. With that said, let's read about this babyhood. As newborn what? Babes. As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word. What's today's message? Growing up in God. That you may grow thereby. Desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Just because you was a missionary or ursher in your denomination don't mean that you have grown at all. As a matter of fact, some of those ushers need to sit down and get a word so that they can grow. They shouldn't be an usher. Still don't know two of the 12 disciples. Don't know anything about the Holy Spirit. Don't know how to cast the devil out. Come on. So they probably don't need to be up serving yet. They probably need to sit down and just really grow. But you can grow in chronological age, y'all, and your spiritual growth not be commiserate with your chronological age. You've been in church, you're 48, you're 56. You really are older now, but you are no further along than when you first met Jesus, right? Because there was no real development. And I'm going to show you today how to genuinely develop, and you're going to agree with me that this is going to be the reason why so many churches have undeveloped Christians. I'm getting ready to prove that point to you in just a second. Now, this is crucial that we understand that spiritual formation has some paralleling uh, elements uh, to that of the natural. Just like you have babies in the natural, you have adolescents in the natural, you have young adults in the natural, you have senior citizens in the natural. Y'all, in the spirit, it works very similar. All right? Let's go to 1 Corinthians 13 and 11. Are you enjoying yourself? 1 Corinthians 13 and 11, and let's just teach today. All right, let's just walk through this thing and let's find out how to grow. Now, don't take that as a hit because many of you in here are really growing. And I can tell we can see your growth. We can perceive of your growth. Right. But uh, we need to understand that if we're really, really going to be who God called us to be, we must stay on track to growth. Why is that crucial? Have you ever seen somebody grow to like 14 and then developmentally they stayed 14? So you can have stunted development. Right. You can have, as my brother calls it, arrested development, never progress beyond that. Some believers get born again, but they never progress beyond salvation. They've been in the church 40 plus years, but um, just never felt compelled to learn about prophecy and tongues. And right. We got whole denominations that literally reject. The doctrine of the Holy Spirit, the doctrine of tongues, teachings, that's all the doctrine is. All right. The nine gifts of the spirit. They will take the nine division is one fruit. They'll take the nine division of the fruit of the spirit, but they will not take the nine gifts of the spirit. Right. Words of knowledge, words of wisdom, prophecy, special faith, working of miracles. Right. Well, that is an area by which they have not grown. Well, in those areas by which you do not grow. Amen. That is going to be the area where Satan's going to beat you. Because he's a good fighter. 
and he's going to hit you where you're weak. Are you all with me? Now, I'm not giving him credit. I'm just telling you he's strategic in his fight. Okay, so we've got to grow. Well, let's look at these these components to understand spiritual formation of growth. Amen. Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13, 11, when I was a what? Child. That means there is a such thing as being a child. There's a such thing as being a spiritual child. When I was a spiritual child, what did I do? I spoke like a child. I understood like a child. I thought like a child. But when I became, here's my question, what are you becoming? Better stated, are you becoming? Or do you let everybody else around you grow? (laughs) Now, Paul said, when I became, come on, are we becoming? Right? Isaac became more wealthier, did he not? Genesis 26. Well, same concept in the spirit. Are we becoming greater, stronger, and bigger than who we were last year? Year over year, when you compare yourself to 2020, 2019, 2018, 2017, is this a better Candace spiritually than the one that I knew in 2017? And I believe it is, right? But he says, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I understood like a child. I thought as a child, but when I became. Everybody say growing in God. When I became a man, what did I do next? I put some stuff away. I put away childish things. You can't get me on certain things anymore. You're, you know, Stephen plays with his Superman and Batman at home. You know, I'm sorry, unless I'm being a dad getting on the floor with him, I'm not playing with Superman anymore. Like, developmentally, now, when I was his age, to have the action figures he had, oh, man, I would have been wild by that. Right? I would have been astounded by that. That would have been amazing to me. But at this point in my life, to sit and play with some plastic action figures. Right? So what did you do? You put away some toys. You put away childish things. You developed, and you actually got better. Some of you wouldn't be so offended if you put away your toys. If you put away your mindsets, if you stop acting like a kid, right? And you really said, no, I'm an adult. I can, I can take some correction. Hello? No, I'm an adult. I can take what I need to get what I need from the Lord. Amen? Right? Because you put away childish things. Now, let me build my case, and then we'll go a little deeper and stronger. Now, there, the levels of development is, in, is seen in three things according to this passage. It is seen in how we speak. It is seen in how we understand, and it is seen in how we think. All of that is in 1 Corinthians 13 and 11. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child, and I thought as a child. Are you all with me? The way we locate, the way we figure out our level of development is we pay attention to how we speak, how we understand. Pastor, what does understand mean? The filter by which you hear things. That's why the Bible teaches us, be careful how we hear. On any given Sunday, there are at least a thousand interpretations of what I just said. Right? The filter by which you hear something is so crucial in your spiritual development. But then the way you think How do you differentiate that from how you understand? Well, the way you think is your continuous thought process, or I'll say it this way, levels of thought. 
Some people, because they have grown spiritually, they think at another level. Everybody say spiritual development. I know I have grown spiritually as it pertains to uh, kingdom economics and kingdom finances. I think on another level. There was a time to where I believe when I was building God's projects, I had to get alone. Nothing wrong with alone. But since I have developed in that revelation of the fact that he will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory, my next project, just like my last project, I'm not getting alone. Are y'all seeing that? But it's because I think on that level now. Now, you caught me 20 years ago. I didn't think on that level. Are you all with me? I understand differently now. I understand the ways of God differently. And I'm using that easy example so you'll get it because my continuous thinking is now that now much higher than what it used to be. Give you a few scriptures to back that principle up. We don't have time. Don't turn there. But set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. Everybody say higher thinking. That's Colossians 3 and 2. Isaiah 55, 8 through 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Are you all with me? Nor are my ways your ways, saith the Lord. For as high as the heaven is from the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my what? Thoughts higher than your thoughts. Now, if you are religious, you will stop at the reality that God thinks higher than you. But if you are spiritual and you are developmentally growing, you will understand that Isaiah 55 is a challenge for you to come up and start thinking like him. Are y'all with me? I said it's a challenge for you to come up and start thinking on a higher level. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth just like it is in heaven. Well, if you're going to get heavenly results on earth, you got to think above the earth. Is anybody with me? But that is a marker of how much a person has developed. Spiritual development. Many of you in this room, uh, when you used to be at, quote unquote, the deathbed of a loved one, you may say something like, it's in the hands of the Lord now. Right? Anybody remember that? But based off of your spiritual development, you've since learned that it might not be in the hands of the Lord. That just by chance, be according to their faith, Matthew 8 and 13, as they have believed, they really could get healed. But that takes spiritual development. And I can't wait until I'm in a hurricane to build a house. I have to have developed before the crisis comes. So in that case of the deathbed, that person will probably be healed because of somebody else's faith, somebody else believing with them, and they having the will to be healed, especially if they have not developed spiritually. Are you all with me? Now, look, you can sleep on me if you want to, but you're going to come to a foxhole where you're going to need what I'm telling you. Pinch yourself and wake up now. Amen. Because your growth is necessary. You know, one of the reasons why the high school football team better start hitting and paying attention in spring training, because they're going to play somebody in a few months, and it won't be spring training anymore. And the way that you have grown or not is going to be shown on the field. Somebody say, come on, let's grow. Right? So now that spiritual growth, a marker, is the way you speak. We could tell whether or not somebody has grown in faith. When something shows up, do, do, do they immediately say, I can't believe, or 
something shows up, and the first thing out of their mouth is, man, the Lord's already fixed it. The way you speak. Some of you, before you started coming to a faith church like this, that preaches the whole counsel of God, you used to just believe in the sovereignty of God. Whatever's going to happen will happen. But then you read the Bible in Psalm 115 and 16, and he said the heavens, even the heavens are his, but the earth has he given to the sons of man. And if God was in control of everything, then 2020 wouldn't have had a bunch of uptown metro cities torn up by rioters. Don't tell me that God's in control of that. That is the exercise of free will, amen, and man's wickedness. But when you grow in God, you start recognizing that we have choices and we have power. But in order to exercise power, how many of y'all know you got to grow? Yeah. Is anybody in here? Yeah. These guys that work out on, on front row, they will tell you that there is a such thing as having been able to bench press 325. <laughs> y'all missed it on that. <laughs> having been able. I have lived 325 before, having had been able. But depending on what they had been doing over the last nine months of their workout regimen, 325 is no longer possible because the muscle, the pecs, have atrophied. And they have no longer grown. So if you are not exercising your faith, hello, if you are not exercising your Christian development, you are not growing. Now, can I make the case as to why we have so many baby Christians in the world? How in the world are you going to not be in church for a whole year and growing up? It don't work that way. How are you going to miss Bible study? You're going to miss this. You're going to miss that. And assume that you can pick up from where you left off. No, 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 baby. You're going to have to catch up. That muscle, has anybody ever went back to the gym? It's called some soreness, baby. Now, you got to break it back in now. Are you all with me? So your growth is seen in how you speak, how you understand. That is the filter by which you hear things. I'm telling you, even in this room, there are plenty of interpretations of the stuff I just said, depending on how you hear. He that hath an ear, let him hear. Somebody, when I said that, said, there he go again. Somebody, when I said that, said, oh, I can't wait to get this message on growth. It just depends. It depends on the filter, right? How you understand. He's targeting me. How you understand. Well, y'all, that's classic babyhood. Because what do babies do? They pout. We talking about babyhood today. Oh, man, you spank a baby, you got to give them a minute to cool off. Maybe sit. Like it's doing something to you. They got to come around the corner because they're a baby. But you take Tyson or one of these teenagers out of the basketball game and let a coach yell at him, pick it up. You got to shoot better. You got to do that. What does he do? He just dusts himself off and just can't wait to get back in the game. You know why? He is a young man. Are y'all getting the comparison? It's developmental differences. You can't treat him the way you would treat him. Even in discipline, the way he interprets it is very different from the way he interprets it. Different stages of development. And that's one of the markers. Ooh, it's getting so good on how much you are growing or not. How you hear stuff. 
For many of you in this room, if I said something as simple as homosexuality is wrong, it would take you the next 45 minutes to catch up with my next point. You know why? You're a baby. You might be saved, but you're a baby. You would say, why he had to say that? Don't he know his homosexuals out there? Right. But because you're carnal, because you're a baby, because you're still on milk, you get stuck in those things. Whereas the person who is grown in the Lord, they'd be like, yeah, Pastor Gabe, okay, what's your next point? We, that's a given. <laughs> we get it. Right? You can handle more. I hope I'm not boring you today. You are developing in God. Let me see if I can prove that point. Go to Hebrews chapter 5, verse number 12. All right? Now, if you know anything about Scripture, it was not originally written in chapters. Chapters was man's way of breaking it down so that it would be continuous and for our understanding. So we're going to cross through a couple of chapters on this principle of babyhood and growth and help you to understand a few points about development. Listen to what he says. For, for, when, for when for the time ye ought to be what? Teachers. Teachers. Let's do New King James, ladies. You need someone to teach you again the what? First principles of the oracles of God, and you have come to need milk. What do babies need? Y'all, that's not just an indictment. It is, but it's not just an indictment. It is a clarification that a baby cannot handle the deeper things of God. Are y'all getting this? Fundamental Christians are babes. You don't believe in the Holy Ghost? You don't believe that Jesus said you lay hands on the sick? You don't believe Acts 1 and 8 that after the Holy Ghost comes, you'll have power? So when COVID came, they struggled. You know why they struggled? Because they were babies. They were babies. Y'all, this stuff, man, you can read Matthew chapter 8 and understand that healing is for today. Just in your word, Matthew 8 and 8. Matthew 8, 13, it will be it unto you as you have believed. You don't have to look for it. And, and according to them, that's all New Testament stuff. Are y'all getting this? Right? But because you are still a babe, you're on milk. Some denominations, y'all, they're just babies. Come on. You mad because you didn't get to help out with communion. That's baby stuff. Man, get an usher to pass the communion out. We just, we trying to take communion going with the service. It's babyhood. That's all y'all, I promise you. And some of these people are saved. They are just babes. That's all they are. And I am not rushing through this teaching today. Because quite frankly, y'all, it's not bad. Like for my precious lady in the back back there, my sweet member, I'm not going to say her name. Y'all, she's supposed to be that. She's supposed to come over here and be able to develop and grow. And I'm going to show you how she's right on track because she has certain desires. I see it in her. But now some of y'all, you done been in church 47 years and a half, though. Can we get anything else out of you in your development? Right? That's babyhood. It's going to get good. It's already good. Amen. Teaching you the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to what? Need milk and not solid food. Now, who eats solid food? Adults and adolescents eat solid food. 
Now, if you in here and you 32 and you come around me with some Gerber, I'm going to say something. I am. Nobody else might not say nothing. But I, you got some, some smashed up peas around me and all of your 32s, I'm going to say something. I'm going to ask you, what's wrong with you? Because I believe in healing. You need me to lay hands on you? You got a gastrointestinal issue? How come you can't eat regular string beans like the rest of us? I'll ask you. I sure would. I would. I'd say, what's wrong with you? Especially if you're one of my members, I'll ask you. I sure I wouldn't ignore it either. I'd be like, Gerber, girl, what you doing with some Gerber? I went into a barbershop years ago when I was in college, and uh, one of the barbers there, it was hilarious, and he was behind the bar, and the Lord just brought that to my remembrance. He was cutting hair, but he was steadily eating Gerber, and I, I, I walked past. I said, man, what's wrong with you? What you doing eating Gerber? He was talking about he on a special workout plan, and I was talking about the ingredients of protein. I said, look here. I said that to myself. Right? Because there's something weird about a grown man. So that just came back to my memory. It wasn't even in my message. But that's an actual thing that happened. So if you were in here and you ate some Gerber, I'd be like, now, Yolanda. <laughs> now, we can get you some applesauce if you just like applesauce. Like, I like applesauce with grilled cheese. But, y'all, some brands I just can't eat. Gerber applesauce? No. Are y'all getting this? I eat solid food. I don't waste too much time on that. We eat solid food. He says, by this time, you ought to be teached. You need to be taught again. You have come to need milk and not what? Solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. If you don't believe somebody can be healed by the stripes of Jesus, it's just babyhood. That's all it is. You can't tell me that all these academics can't understand the, 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 the four New Testament Gospels where Jesus constantly healed people and just one passage and these works will you do and greater works? You don't need a theology degree for that. No, you are just a babe unskilled. And y'all, this is not necessarily an indictment, but it is a problem if you've been in church all your life and you're still unskilled. Yeah. But solid food belongs to those who are what? A full age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both what? Good and evil. You know why you wouldn't take a nine-month-old and leave him on the carpet with some cyanide? Because he can't discern. Are y'all getting this? He can't discern. You know why you don't leave a nine-month-old in a room, amen, for any amount of time? Not five minutes. He is unskilled. He will hurt himself trying to just do what he thinks he should be doing. You know what you got to do for a nine-month-old? You got to change diapers or he'll get diaper rash. He is not skilled in going to a toilet. Toilet is foreign to him. Babe in the Lord. I told my DPs not long ago, I said, you all take time with those young babes. You take the one, those new people, those babes, like my sister. Y'all spend time with them. Put your energy there. A babe in the Lord might need a phone call sometime. You know why? Because they are a babe. 
unskilled, didn't know it worked this way, right? Didn't know I had to constantly hear the word in order to grow, so I just come on Sundays. No, baby, you got to come on Thursdays. Oh, okay, good, I'll be there, right? You should probably take a life group too. Okay, great, I'll take the life group, right? They're not obstinate or rebellious. They're just a babe, and they are un what? Unskilled. And this is how you size yourself. Are you skilled in any of the graces? Can you get a healing done? Uh Uh-oh. Can you get a word from the Lord by yourself? Do you have a prayer? Oh, I'm challenging your growth now. Do you have a prayer regimen and a relationship with the Lord by which if the Lord needed to get insight and information to you, I'm not talking about Pastor Gabe right now or Sister Pam, I'm talking about he could get the information to you and it actually be correct. Not your feelings. You have a James 1 and 5 relationship with the Lord that if you lack wisdom, you can ask it of the Lord and you can actually hear it. This is getting good, y'all. Babes can't hear for themselves. Come here, Samuel. God is constantly talking to you. But he needed Eli to point them back to God. But if you read First and 2 Samuel, did he keep needing Eli? You know why? Because he grew. So not only can he get a word for himself, he can get a word for the kings. He can get a word for the land. He has now become usable. But at first, no fault of his own, he was just a baby. I'm not offended by this young child on this front row that has his his headphones and iPad. He's not going to listen to me for an hour. That's, That's a toddler. That's a young fella. Amen. He needs that. That's appropriate for him. But if his dad sat on the front row... With an iPad and some headphones, barring autism, I'd rebuke him. I'd say, hey, man, what's wrong with you? Did you know I'm preaching? You're a grown man. Take those headphones off. Are y'all seeing the difference? One thing for a baby to be drooling and smelling a certain kind of way. But when you're 38, I'm not talking about other developmental delays. Don't even try to put me in that bucket. See how you're hearing? Crazy spirit of offense. Some people got problems. Right, you're a babe. That's why you thought that way. That's the way you filter information. But if you were of age, you would know good and doggone well. I wasn't talking about people who had problems. You know that. But we got to do service recovery with you because the way you understand is as a baby. We got to double back with babes. With toddlers, too. I told you there are stages of development. And some of that stuff is not wrong. Who am I putting pressure on? I'm putting pressure on those of you who have been in a spirit-filled church. Not, not, don't feel bad. Those of you who transferred over from some nonsense. And now you're in a spirit-filled church. Don't you dare feel bad. And thank God for everything good you got from over there. But now you're going to really grow at lightning speed. Light speed, I should say, right? Because you are in a what? 
spirit-filled church. Now, those of you who've been in a spirit-filled church all your life, ain't no sense in sitting under us all this time, and you have no more fruit than you had seven years ago. He says, a reason of having their senses exercised to both good and evil. Listen to what he says. Therefore, next chapter, told you that the Bible is not written in chapters. Therefore, references the conversation we're having. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the what? Elementary principles of Christ. Let us go on to perfection, not laying again, 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 not laying again. The foundation of repentance. Coming out of sin is foundational. Come on, 40 years in church and we got to remind you, come on. Now laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and faith towards who? Towards God. Are you all with me? Look at the other doctrines he gives you. Of the doctrines of baptism. Of the doctrines of laying on of hands. If you don't believe in laying on of hands, guess what you are? You're a babe. <laughs> it's getting good now. That's just a baby, y'all. That's all it is. Laying on hands of resurrection of the dead. These are all foundational principles. And of eternal judgment. Is that all right, church? So I'm preaching or teaching rather a little bit with intensity because I really want to take us from spiritually mature, amen, to fully matured in God. And somebody say, it takes time. Now, your levels of development are seen how? In the way you speak. Right? I know if a person is walking out faith by their default settings. What comes out of their mind in the midst of pressure? All right? What comes out of their mind in a moment where a decision has to be made? The way you understand and the way you what, church? The way you think. Proverbs 23 and 7 says, For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You could say, so goes he. All right? The way that I think. Well, the way that you think is most certainly commensurate with the way that you have been taught and the way that you receive. The way that you have been taught and the way that you receive. Why did I put the caveat of the way that you receive? Because there are people who have gone to this church since we were at the school. And I know they've been taught, right? But the question mark is on how have they received? Are y'all getting this? All right? So growing in God, according to today's text, he says, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may do what? Grow thereby. Growing in God will require the following three things. I won't be much longer. Number one, an insatiable desire for the word. Are you all with me? If you're going to grow in God, and I'm only ministering to the people who really want to grow in God. I'm talking about people who came to church today out of some religious experience because you're supposed to go on Sunday. I'm talking about the people who really want to grow in God. In order to grow in God, and let me just slow it down, you are going to have to have an insatiable desire for the word. What does that mean, Pastor? You have to fall in love with the Bible. You have to love the word. I'm going to tell you something. I, I, I hadn't said this much to my wife because I, I seek to be extremely balanced. A lot of people like these words, balanced, and, and I think you should be balanced. But have it my way, 
there are times where I'm just sitting down relaxing where I could recreationally watch the work. Like, I, I wouldn't need to turn Amazon Prime on. That's how much I enjoy the work. I could turn on a Southwest Believers Convention or turn on the Kingdom Faith Conference or just turn, just recreationally, just turn something on just, just, to, just to digest more work. And it's not an obligation. It is something I actually enjoy. I have no empty windshield time on my drives. If I'm not talking to somebody special to me, y'all, guess what I'm doing? I'm listening to the Word. And not because a teacher told me I should listen to it. I'm listening to the Word because the Bible says we should desire the sincere milk of the Word. See, you can come to the conference tonight because you could say to yourself, Pastor Gabe is going to be looking for me. And, 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 you know, after all, I don't want another prayer call like we had last Wednesday. <clears throat> so let me go ahead and go to this conference. But I really don't want to be there. Or you can self-correct and say, well, what if I desired the word? What if I, what if I really was on fire for the word? I might actually develop tonight. I might actually get better. Like, what if I was looking at the clock? And according to the clock, it says 33 and 58 seconds worth more time that I had, 33 minutes, 58 seconds. If that clock was on the screen, would that be an agitator to you or a motivator? Did y'all get that? Are you the type of person that would be looking at that clock saying, whew, he got that much more time? Y'all know how we do treadmills? You got to put the towel on it. Because you don't want to know how much you ran, and you thought you done ran six and a half miles, and you pull the towel back, and you be at point twenty-five, one lap around. Like, good God, I just knew I had ran more than that. Right? You had to do the out of sight, out of mind trick on yourself? Well, that's because you don't desire the treadmill. You don't want to be on that treadmill. There's nothing in you that desires to do that. But you know what? Read Runner's World. The people who really run, run, no, they like running. It, it is an endorphin releaser, and, and they like what comes with running. You got to like running to run a marathon. It don't make no sense. That's what cars are for. You got to like running to run a marathon. You know? You got to like it. It's got to be something that you, you just really appreciate. It's just what, what you would do on your free time. Back to my point. I would listen to the word on my free time. I'm a balanced husband, so I know where to spend, spend time with my wife. And how many of y'all know that stuff is right? We need to do that. That is right. I'm not coming against that. But what I'm telling you is those of you who really, really want to grow in God, listening and hearing and reading the word has got to become something not that you do obligatory but something that you really like you really can't wait to turn another message on you really like that that word i preached this morning from esther 3 and 8 wasn't that a neat morsel in scripture wasn't that rich but you know all that was it just opening up your bible and just reading it just to read it or listening to the word, somebody preaching, and, and they preach something, and you say, aha, that's it right there, right? Just a morsel. You, you'd be shocked what, what you would find out. I just flipped open my Bible just hap, haphazardly. If you just read Ezekiel chapter 18, 
And you know, mine is highlighted because that is the passage where it talks about generational curses and how you are not under the curse. Well, you would be released of some bondages in your life just by studying that passage, just by reading it and reading it and desiring to read it and wanting to read it. Are you all with me? Right. So the number one, in order to grow in God, we need an insatiable. What does insatiable mean? Gotta have it. Must have it. Insatiable desire for the word. It's a must have. If I don't get the word, I feel incomplete. If I don't get the word, my spirit man is empty. I'm trying to help my babes out. Amen. If I don't get the word, I do not feel like I'm going to have a good day today. Amen. Getting up to seek the Lord. Getting up to read your Bible. Reading your Bible sometimes before you go to sleep at night. I must have the word. Well, why is that important? Go to Psalm 19 and, and verse number seven, because you want to develop in God. Here's a revelation on how that's going to contribute to your development. Over in Psalm 19, verse number seven, it says the law of the Lord. You could say the word of the Lord. Is that not good? Is that blessing you, Karina? Come on. The law of the Lord is what? It's perfect. Y'all, let me tell you something that occurred to me about five years ago. I, I used to be a Harvard Business Review reader. I used to like reading your ink magazines because I'm a business guy, so I like reading. And it's still good. I, I still pick one up every now and again. But that, that used to just be something I do. I mean, I, the Wall Street Journal would come to my house. And, you know, I don't mind looking at the stock market or something like that. And, and, and I used to really, really be into just reading that. And then I recognized as I started reading that stuff that it was just always incomplete. Even the tips I would get, they were imperfect. But then when I would go to the word of God, the law of the Lord was, was perfect. So if I wanted more money, I could just go read Deuteronomy 8. Why am I wasting my time with the magazine? If I need faith for a house, I could go read Deuteronomy 6 and 11. Are y'all getting this? If I want a better marriage, I could read Ephesians chapter 5. Amen. So I, I, I got back entrenched in my word because all the other stuff was okay. It was entertaining, but it was just academic. And it would leave me somewhat empty. But when I read the word, the law of the Lord is perfect. Babes, converting the soul, growing you in God, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple, the person who doesn't know anything. That's what that word simple means. So the law of the Lord, when you read it, it converts the soul. When you read it, it makes you better. I just opened up the Bible haphazardly again in 2 Chronicles, don't turn there, 32 and 27. And Hezekiah had immense wealth. <laughs> now, why would I want to read the Harvard Business? I could just open this up and find out that I could have immense wealth. I could have storehouses full of produce of grain. I could have bank accounts that's loaded. Amen. Are y'all getting that? But all of that, Carter, came from the perfect word. Perfect word. And that's all it is. So can you break it down, Pastor, in real world terms? The reason why we have a universal church loaded with babes is many of the people at the seeker-friendly church go to church for an experience and not the word. Amen. You know, like if your pastor on Sunday morning got to be up there, you know, shooting off gifts 
from a water gun and stuff like that, baby, you're still in youth ministry. I mean, you, you're a grown person in church, and they got to throw you T-shirts and quiz you. At, right? No desire for the Word. And so those people have a rich experience, but they don't grow off of the sincere milk of the Word. Are you all so the first thing we need is a sincere or rather insatiable desire for the word. Where does that come from, church? First Peter 2 and 2, as newborn babies desire the what? Sincere milk of the word. Desire the what milk of the word? Sincere milk of the word. We got a few newborn babies here at KCC, and let me tell you something about them. They don't care if Pastor Gabe ain't on his last point or not. When they get hungry, you better take me out. Or I'm going to take this whole service out. Now, you can take me out, or I'm going to take this service out. You got one choice. And that's how we got to be about the Word of God. We are, ah, I got to have it. Ah, hadn't read this morning. Ah, I need it. Didn't get my word today. I don't feel right. Amen. Desiring. Pastor, pick up speed. No, I'm growing up my babes. I'm developing people today. Amen. You want to hoop it out? Go get the 8 o'clock service. <laughs> Number two, growing in God will require an openness to discipleship. An openness to what? Discipleship. An openness to discipleship. Write this down next to that in quotations. Unlimited correction threshold. I said an unlimited correction threshold. Y'all, when you were going to grow in God, Man, cut all that out because somebody told you you need to change something. You got to be unlimited. Like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I can do that. Oh, I don't even know what I was thinking. Oh, yep, thank you, got it. Yep, oh, yeah, I can do that. Yep, not a problem. Unlimited, correct, and, 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 and not personalizing it, yet personalizing it. Did y'all catch that? Not personalizing it in an in offense, but personalizing it and saying, yeah, I could grow in that area. Yeah, I could get better in that area. God, I thank you for that. Y'all, I open myself up to it all the time. Father, show me, show me. Father, show me, show me. Tell me, tell someone close to me. But God, show me that area. Show me where you develop me. Show me what I need to hear. There are certain things that you're doing, and man, you just don't even know that you're doing it sometimes. But when you have an unlimited threshold for correction, guess what? You become easily to be corrected, and the people working with you will do it more frequently because they won't feel like, it's going to be swimming up streams talking to you. They'll do it easy. Well, guess what, though? What's, what's the reward of that? You actually grow. Is this getting good? Like, you actually get better. You know? You actually grow. You know what I don't do? Is retext people who didn't text me back. Like, if I send you a word on something or tell you something that God told me or something ain't right, and, like, you don't come back and say that's accurate, no, you on the shelf. Because evidently what I just gave you was something you didn't want to. <laughs> God Almighty. It is quiet in the room. And it's either because you're growing, or I'll say you're growing. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't reach back. I don't send no more emails. I'd be like, oh, no, yeah, they wasn't ready for that. Okay. Well, that's up to them. That's their Christian development. Did you hear that? Is that not good, Linda? That's their Christian development, right? And so there's no sense in getting the fire hydrant out when crisis comes. 
Because that stuff be inevitable when you don't take the right turns, right? So then the crisis show up, and people have accused me of being, like, you know, <laughs> a little easy going with my responses. But I just feel like, well, what did we all think was going to happen? That's something, ain't it? I mean, we saw that coming, right? You know? It's like our teenagers that sit down, you know, you got pregnant, and, you know, I just don't know how this happened. Do you need an anatomy lesson? I can give you one. You don't have to have a science degree for that. Right? We can figure that out. We kind of know how that happens. Right? And part of the reason was, you really wasn't really open, though, to discipleship. Right? And, y'all, I'm telling you, I stopped years ago preaching to people's expressions. I don't do that stuff no more. I stopped trying to preach just to keep that one person in that was sitting over there who was almost hanging on by a thread, all that kind of stuff. I don't do that stuff no more because, number one, it's not my word. It's his word, right? Sometimes people need to hear it. It's what I need to hear, right? And then inevitably, it's five, six hundred other people who need to hear the gospel besides you. What are you saying? It's not all about you. So at a certain point, you got to just become open to discipleship with an unlimited correction threshold. I sure hope I'm not boring you this morning. Number three, a vision of who you can be. Now that'll cause you to grow. You know what made a whole lot of brothers go back and start bench pressing? They saw a picture of Tony Atlas. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Come on. You pass a magazine, come on, and you see Arnold Schwarzenegger in his prime. Come on, then you go back to the gym, and you recognize this is hard. Right? It's going to take something to look like that. Right? And, however, you do need an image, though, of what you could be. Can I tell you something? And this is going to bless some of my young up-and-coming preachers. You know what made me a Bible teacher, a Word of Faith teacher, preacher? I'm going to tell you what really did it. Dave, back in college, I'd turn on the TV, and I'd see some good faith teachers. I still have the images in my mind. Pastor Gould was one of them. But then there were some others on the national level. And I'd turn on the TV before class, and I'd just see them pacing and teaching that Word. I would. I'd see them pacing and teaching that word, and I'd see the people of God responding and them growing, and that created an image of who I could be. So in my Christian walking journey, I began to challenge myself to become better at teaching, to become better, come on, in my delivery of the word of God, because I had an image of what I could be, a vision of who I can be, where God wants me to be, what I can have, the power and authority I can operate in. To see the great Smith Wigglesworth uh, 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 lay hands on somebody and they spit cancer out. No, no, that, that excited me. So then I started laying hands on people and they got healed of cancer. I started casting out devils. Amen. But I had a vision of what I could be. And so what would I do? I'd find out their regimens. I find out how they did it. I find out what, what their prayer life looked like. I find out how much they read. I find that stuff out. I'd be interested in what would make an Oral Roberts an Oral Roberts. Why was the great Lester Summerall so great? What, what did he have? What, what, what was it? An insatiable desire for the word. Insatiable. 
More of God. Gotta have it. Gotta have it. Gotta have it. Gotta have it. See, like, right, right now, so many people, and it's like 12 o'clock on a Sunday, and we're actually almost done, but so many people would just be spent in most churches. Think about it, y'all. They would just be done. Now, some of you go to like two services plus Christian education every Sunday, right? Now, what's going to be your difference, though? Is that not good? Is there any incentive for you hearing this much word all the time? Do you think that you just might be going at a faster pace than the average Christian? Why? Because you're not religious. But you have an insatiable desire for the word. Some old preachers would preach on for like three weeks. We got a three-day conference. No, 21 days, baby. Just preaching, 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 preaching in church every night. And many of you came up in churches like that. You saw the gradual decline of a desire for church. Revivals is what they called them. Used to be week long. Even in the black community. Even the Baptist folk had enough sense to bring the evangelists in for five days. Right? Not in just church, but boy, in some of our churches, if we said we was having something for a week, you done lost your mind. <laughs> to church? A week? <laughs> it's good stuff, right? But you got to have an insatiable hunger. When you get an insatiable hunger, let me let some of you know who battle through vices. The vices will fall off. It is impossible to desire this word and a pipe. This word and marijuana. This word and alcohol. You start getting in this word, baby, I'm telling you, it will replace. It will become sweeter than the honey on a honeycomb. It will replace, but because you have an insatiable desire for the word. Is anybody here? Openness to discipleship and a vision of who you can be. I want to show you this a little bit. We're still talking about infancy, are we not? Let's go over to 2 Timothy 3. Verse number 14, if you're still with me, somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Amen. You know why a lot of pastors, and I've done this, have to constantly say stuff like, I'm almost done. Did y'all, did y'all know why? Because your spirit is saying, I hope he'll finish. You didn't know that, did you? Oh, yeah, that's how it works. They feel an obligation, right? But when you are the crowd that has an insatiable, Come on, you trying to stop preaching. They're like, oh, come on. Could you give us six more points? And the kingdom suffereth violent, and the violent take it by force. We want more of the word. That's why over in third world countries, they can get people healed like that. Because they have an insatiable desire in Africa, in the underground church of China. Insatiable desire. And guess what? God meets them in it. And I, I refuse to believe that we're any different. Come on, let's get through a few more scriptures. Somebody shout, I desire the word. Second Timothy 3, 14. But as for you, continue in what you have learned. Are you all there? Continue in what you have learned and been assured of. Is that good? Babyhood. Verse number 15, please, ladies. And that from childhood you have known the holy 
scriptures. <laughs> I see that. You have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Well, what, what, what caused you to grow in the faith? Because from infancy, you have known the holy scriptures. Are y'all getting this? This says from childhood, some versions say from infancy. From babyhood, you have known the Holy Scripture. There's that insatiable desire. And y'all, it can't just be head knowledge. It's got to be heart knowledge. It's got to be soul knowledge. It's got to be your born-again human spirit knowledge that you want more of God. And the more you get them, the more easy it's going to be to operate in the gifts, to operate and flow in the functions and the, and, and the things of God. Because you have known them from childhood. Where have you known them from? childhood. And that's what causes us to develop. Now, I hope I won't confuse you by saying this, but I'm going to read this to you because God gave it to me. An understanding of who I can be will help me to not undermine what I'm doing today to become the future me. I'll explain. Let me say it again. An understanding of who I can be will help me to not take for granted, to not undermine what I'm doing today to become the future me. Did anybody get that? Can I say it one more time, please? An understanding of who I can be. You could also say what I can have how I can personally develop. An understanding of who I can be will help me to not undermine what I'm doing today to become the future me. Does that make sense? I will do the work now knowing that I can be something greater in the future. I will not undermine, I will not despise the day of small beginnings. Zechariah 4 and 10. I will not do it. Go to Job 8 and 7. This is so good. Job 8 and 7, New Living Translation. I will not. I will not despise the work. I will not despise the small beginning. Y'all, I do not feel bad that I had, this is my third message of the day in theory from the discipleship classes to the 8 o'clock class to now the 10 o'clock service or 8 o'clock service, 10 o'clock service. And, but I, I, will, I will not in any ways think that this is a waste of time. Not for me or for anybody in this room. Because for the future you, we cannot undermine this. Are y'all getting this? When I was preaching in a school gym to 13 people, I could not undermine what I was doing then if I was going to get to where I am today. Is that not right? Look at this. And though you started with little, you were in with much. Are you all in here? Though, though you're starting in this seat, see, I'm talking to my babes because some of you, you want to know more about God. You want to grow in God. You want to have more power. You want to be, who wants to be used by God? Legitimately. You want to be used by God. You want to be uh, somebody that God can put in the game, right? right? But be, be, before I become Steph Curry shooting from half court, come on, I got to go ahead and, and, and shoot in my own driveway. <laughs> Is that not right? I will not despise 
my small beginning. I will not despise my babyhood. I will not despise where I am in development. I will, though, do the work. This is where it gets heavy. This is where it gets good. Did you know that it was up to you how far you go in God? Can I show it to you? And we're going to close this thing out. 2 Timothy 2, 20 through 21, New King James Version. And I believe we're going to be out of here. Because if I really want to grow in God, I must give myself some bait. I told you about me in college, and I see those faith teachers. Man, that was the bait. I just knew. I said, no, I, I can do that, and I have a calling on my life. I can become that. God, God has called me. Amen. So I am going to challenge myself to grow so that when God calls my number for my assignment, I am ready. Are you getting this? So the Bible says it's so well over in 2 Timothy verse 2 and 20 through 21. Then I think we're going to close. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of what, church? Wood and clay. Let me ask you a question. Would you prefer wood or would you prefer silver? Silver. What's more useful, gold or clay? Here's another question. What's more plenteous, trick question, gold or clay? Clay. Y'all, clay is easy to come by. <laughs> but gold, it takes something to be gold. It takes something to be gold. It, it takes something to be gold when you're tired and worn down and you could use a little nap. You could use a little dish. You could use a little break. But because you're gold, <laughs> come on. You keep pressing in because you're gold. Come on. Come on. You make sure while you're brushing your teeth in the morning, you got a word playing. Because, no, you're trying to be gold. Now, clay don't worry about playing word. But gold, gold, gold got the word coming in at every opportune time. I'm telling you, y'all, insatiable desire for the word. When you being gold, now I'm not going to sleep tonight without some word in me now. I got to get a scripture. I got to get something. I need a word. <laughs> you know why? Because you are, you're gold. Now, Clay, Clay can go to church on Sunday at, you know, 1048 and a half. Come in midstream of everybody worshiping. You know, the Holy Ghost is finished and you're just taking your seat. Well, that's because you're Clay. And that's OK. You can be Clay. That's because you're wood. You know, wood is good for something. Only problem is, you know, when termites come, you know, wood was no good. But when you're gold and silver, are you all with me? It's up to you. You can go in the next year should the Lord delay is coming and you stay alive and not die. You can go in next year in the same spiritual status that you are this year. I promise you. God's not going to make you grow. The Holy Ghost is not going to make you grow. Jesus is not going to make you grow. You can go into the next alleyway. And watch how I say, say this. Shouting in all. Like you can huck a buck in a church, dance, and shout, and sing, and do all that kind of stuff, and have no greater spiritual growth and revelation next year this time than you do right now. I'm teaching better than y'all talking. 
Because in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but, uh, not, but of wood and clay, some for honor, and remember this term, and some for dishonor. Don't forget that dishonor term. Go to verse number 24, 21 rather. Therefore, therefore, what is it therefore? Because in a house there are many vessels. Therefore, if anyone does what? Cleanses himself from the honor. No, from the latter, from the dishonor. And I'm not talking about dishonor for a pastor right now. I'm talking about a dishonor for God, a dishonor for the things of God. How do you dishonor the things of God? You hadn't gotten up to pray one time last week. That's dishonorable. And we know it's dishonorable because guess what? You ate every day this week. You honored your flesh, but you dishonored your spirit. Your flesh got everything it wanted. But your spirit, man, come on, was neglected. Read it again. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, same word, dishonor. Because in the house there are many vessels, some to honor and some to dishonor. What was the latter? Dishonor. You all understand subjects, right? <laughs> yeah, the latter was dishonor, right? You got to cleanse yourself from carnality if you're going to grow in the things of God. And I told you sometimes babes need a phone call. Don't take that too far now. Because if you need a call to stay in the Christian band, come on. You're going to miss it. You're going to miss the rapture. No one should have to wake you up to come to church. Just come to church. That's what you do. You cleanse yourself from the latter. He will be a vessel of honor. Pause right there. God told Samuel, I will honor them that honor me. You will bestow, have bestowed honor on you when you cleanse yourself from the latter. He will be a vessel of what? Of honor. Are we almost home? Sanctified, that is set aside, and here's what I wanted to get you, and useful. I asked you earlier in the message, I said, how many people want to be used? Y'all, that's your litmus test. That's your path. The path for use is really growth. It is growth. It is organic growth. It is to become better, stronger, and greater uh, this year than I was last year. It is to have a better understanding, a better way of thinking, and a better way of speaking this year than I did last year. Are you all still here? I have grown. I have gotten better. I have sanctified myself. And as a result, I have become useful for the master prepared for how many good works? Every good work. I'm prepared. I can do it now. I'm good. Well, why, well, why can I grow it? do it, though? Because I grew. Like, I really want to challenge you. I'm talking to the members of this church especially. Like, if you've been with me since the school, you need to be putting some demands on yourself. You do. You need to be saying to yourself, man, am I any stronger, better, greater? That's really important. Development is necessary. I cannot stay in this bucket. And I'm telling you, because some of you, you're transferring over, and this is so good. In fact... Don't take this the wrong way, but I am going to say it. I'd venture to say the greater percentage of people who transferred to this type of church, you did not come from a church that disciples. 
and I know you didn't because I can tell by your responses to discipleship. You went to a church that was experience-driven, and that's all the church was, that commanded your tithe and offering, your shout, and your amen. By chance, you might get a little benevolence if you need it, but you were not exposed to genuine, legitimate, how do we get from point A to point B in God? Because that wasn't your model. And I know that's true. You went to conferences every year. You did this. The bishop came. All this happened. But you ain't a bit more better Christian today, come on, than you were before those moments occurred. Because there was no discipleship. I'm not knocking on other denominations, but I'm just telling you. We do church, but we do church hard. And that's very purposive. Like, no, you got to have some target goals in your growth. You got to have some books you're reading. You got to have some physical goals that you're accomplishing. You got to have some financial goals that you're accomplishing. Come on, you're a young man. I look at some of my young guys here. No, 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 no. They got to be discipled into having at least their own apartment and sustainability and discipled into speaking in tongues. Ha, there's a thought. Receiving the Holy Ghost. And I'm not talking about something you learn in a quote-unquote holiness church because you watch other people do it. Because fresh water and salt water don't come out of the same vessel and don't come telling me you got the Holy Ghost, but you cuss all week long just because you know how to go on a Sunday morning. You do not have the Holy Ghost. You don't have the Holy Ghost. You just saw Mom and them, Mother Jean, And other people that you can aspire to on a day when you feel religious do that stuff, but you yourself never got the evidence of tongues. You never got the whole and you never developed in your Christian walk. And we know that's true because you don't have an insatiable desire for the word. Y'all, I'm telling you this. I'm not backing up. Ain't no backing up in me today. It would be next to impossible for me, lest by special assignment, to miss Four Bible studies in a row. No way. No way. If your pastor is not in Bible study four times in a row, I guarantee you I'm on assignment with God, I'm preaching somewhere, or something is going on of a kingdom nature, but it would be next to impossible for me to miss that much word. But because our churches hadn't taught that you actually need that. It is an additive, but not an essential. You can become a Christian, but you never have to become a disciple. There's a difference. I said you can become a Christian, but according to their model, you never have to become a disciple. There's a difference. And the only people who are useful are disciples. Is this not some word today? I said the only people that are useful are disciples. Yeah, in your previous church, you worked in youth ministry, and you helped the poor punch, and you helped to do this, and you helped to do that. But what would you do if a kid showed up with a demon? Y'all don't like my talk. I said, what would you do? We know what you would do. You wouldn't do anything because you hadn't grown 
and being able to cast the devil out of a child. Are y'all getting this? Right? That you would really be that person that says, man, I, I got it now. No, I done came up in this thing. I done grew. Right? Y'all, I'm telling you, this is the model. This is what God is requiring. And no, this church, quote unquote, ain't for everybody. But you know why it's not for everybody? Not everybody wants to be a disciple. I'm talking about discipleship. I'm not talking about church experience. I don't care. I care. And we had it today. That was rich. The shout was wonderful. I enjoyed it. You need experience to the extent that let everything that hath breath do what? Praise the Lord. All right. Let us exalt his name together. But y'all, I promise you, the devil is very unafraid of that. That don't do nothing to him in many cases. What's going to move him is the fact that you actually matured and you can go out there and you can hammer him. I'm talking about after this service is over, you can put him down if he got to be put down. You have actually grown in the things of God. Are you in here? You actually became better. So that's what we're going to be dealing with. Growing up in God. Growing up. No, I saw around who I could be. So I started growing up in God. And what about today, Pastor? Oh, no, 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 I'm not done. No, my ministry doesn't stop here. Mm-mm. Oh, no. No, no, no. No, no, no. I said my ministry don't stop here. Oh, it's bigger, greater, better. I'm going to keep growing up. Ain't God. That's it. You know who, who the great Billy Graham was? Just somebody who grew up in God. <laughs> That's all. World evangelist, grew up in God. That's all. That's all he, he was, somebody who grew up in God. The great Oral Roberts, somebody who did what? Grew up, you know, he said to himself, I could have tent revivals and get thousands of people healed. I grew up in God in that space. R.W. Shambach, he grew up in God. Whoever your favorite is, they just grew up in God. Insatiable desire. What do great basketball players do, Braxton? They study other great basketball players. Who did you hear Michael Jordan talk about? Dr. J. Who did you hear Kobe Bryant talk about? Michael Jordan. Who do you hear all the young people coming out of school talking about? LeBron James. That's it. That's the trend, baby. That's how it works. There were no such thing as six-foot-nine point guards until Magic Johnson. Then big lumpy dudes realized they could be a point guard, too. <laughs> Are y'all getting this? Come on. Nobody was shooting the ball from half court until Steph got in the lead. Right? Are y'all getting this? So you study greater. You want to be greater. What is going to be your legacy, though? What's the next path for you? Are you going to grow in God? You know, this is not necessarily prophetic word, Karina, but you know what, man? You're leading prayer now. You're chasing God. You're going after God. I don't know his exact pathway for you in life, but who's to say you won't be the next spirit filled, whomever else filling up auditoriums? Yeah. And people be saying, man, I remember her. She used to lead that prayer over there at that church on the west side. And look at her now. Y'all do know Joyce Meyer started somewhere. Did y'all know that? 
She didn't start preaching in arenas. She was making tapes in her closet. I'm closing. It started somewhere. Therefore, I will not despise the small beginning. I will not play down the area I am in now while I'm becoming who God has called me to be. That's enough for today. That's enough for today, that we will grow in God. Come on, guys, I'm done. Discipleship. Discipleship.